Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's podcast episode. In this episode, we are going to come back on something we talked about a few months ago, and that was hiring AI-specific writers and kind of investing into that and trying to figure it out, etc. And unfortunately, it didn't go exactly as expected. And we're going to be sharing all that happened with you in this episode, along with talking with the state of AI in terms of creating SEO content and where we feel it can help and where we feel it's not exactly ready yet after spending this many months trying to make it work. So buckle up. If you are interested in AI content, there's going to be a lot of very interesting points in this episode. So let's get started right now. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about a topic that a lot of you care about, and that is AI writing. I know a lot of people are talking about it. I know a lot of tools are releasing more and more AI features, whether that's Surfer, even Grammarly, even Google Docs actually has some AI writing built in. For those who don't know, you can press tab and it tends to write for you and it works in Gmail as well. And a lot of people are seeing this as the future of creating content, a cheaper way to create websites for people who are like tight on budget, etc. is the promise of maybe getting, you know, making a lot of money without spending a lot of money. But today we are going to be talking about a bit of our failures that we've had with AI content. It's something that we've kind of like spent a decent amount of resources about six months ago in. It hasn't gone exactly as we expected to, so we're going to be sharing that. And we're going to be sharing probably why that happened and what are the shortcomings of AI content. So it's not necessarily the hype content that you're expecting, but that's probably the content you need to hear. And for this podcast, of course, we have Mark, and I'm going to be asking Mark, how are you doing? How, how am I doing? That's yeah, not a question. What's my question again? I forgot. I'm just uh, as Oh my God, uh, what's happened to you? It's ha- How's exactly. it going? Okay, 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 okay. Sorry. So people know my, my lines better than me now. I'm not the real one. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm an AI version of me, you know? For those of you who have been following the progress of my interior design over the last half of a it's decade, you'll see that we now have two shelves and an LED <laughs> lightning thing and some books with no bookends. Uh, so uh-huh. tune in next week to see what amazing developments have occurred on that back wall. Yeah, it's like a minimalist uh, full remake, etc. But today we also have Theo, and Theo is actually a new addition to the, not really a new addition, you've been writing as a freelance for us for a while, but you're working full-time with us now, and Theo's main job with Atari Arca is to review tools. So we don't always necessarily like make a huge shout out, but we keep creating content on AtariHacker.com. His job is, I give him a tool and I'm like, figure it out. And then he just plays with the tool for like three, four days and then he writes a very comprehensive review. And recently he's been writing reviews for AI tools. He's been do- doing a lot of like page speed uh, tools as well recently. And so I wanted to bring Theo here because Theo has been spending more time than me in the last few weeks on AI tools and I thought his opinion would be valuable. So welcome to the podcast, Theo. Hi guys, I'm really happy to be here. And all of you might notice that I'm still at the beginning of my journey in creating a good background, <laughs> but I'm excited to work on that. And of course, the tools that Gail sent me. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about the AI. Yeah, right. You're only uh, about two weeks behind where I am. So yeah, yeah. It's like, look, look at how many years Mark has been doing the podcast and where he's at. So it's like, you're already like, you know, the equivalent of Mark five years in basically. So that's completely fine. Okay. Let's jump into the topic of the podcast. I think we're going to interrupt each other a lot more with three people. Let's see how that goes. So I'm sorry if that happens. It's going to be my fault anyway. So uh, just so I'm apologizing already. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk about the promise of AI writing because I think there's a huge discrepancy between what you read on the sales page of an AI tool 
and what it brings to your business in the end, right? So if I go to the Jasper.ai sales pages and like features pages, that kind of stuff, you know, they, they'll be putting stuff that it can definitely do, in my opinion, like, you know, writing short content, writing social media updates, etc. And I'd say it's pretty good at that. But on the other side, you have the idea that it can write full blog posts and usually with a more expensive plan for most AI tools, like, you know, they give you this long form content and you can freeform write, etc., which it does, it outputs the words, you know. But like, for example, when they promise that you can do your blog post outline, your chances of getting traffic to a blog post outline by AI is pretty much zero. And in terms of like people who run a real business, it's it's quite unlikely you're going to do uh, very well with it. So I feel like it's quite difficult for beginners who haven't played with these tools or who don't have experience to gauge what they can actually get out of it versus what the reality is. How do you feel about this, uh, Theo, actually? Because you've been working quite a bit on these tools, etc. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when it comes to blog posts, all of them promise that they can help you with it. Jasper even has built-in integration with Surfer yeah. that you can just you can open Surfer like you would in Google Docs. And so technically, you have everything in place to pump out content really fast. But in reality, it's not that fast or that easy. Like you can get high-quality content, I think, mm -hmm. but it requires much more work, and it's not always like the content you get will not always be. Uh, close to a first draft even. Yeah, yeah. As I remember the first time you, like, you never played with the AI tools before I told you to work on it. And like the first day you were like so excited. You're like, oh my God, I don't have a job anymore. It's going to do everything yeah. for yeah. me, etc. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so after I finished working, everything I did for the rest of the day was show my friends how this prayer <laughs> works because I was just amazed. Like, yeah, it was really, it felt really magical, so to speak, in the beginning, but yeah. And then, and then you dug a little bit deeper and then, and then the, the kind of like the shine came off and you realized it wasn't everything it promised, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to make a parallel of this with Tesla full self-driving. So I think it's a much bigger industry that's doing something very similar to what's happening in the AI content writing industry, right? So in 2016, Elon Musk came out and said, by the end of the year, I'm going to have a Tesla cross the US in full self-driving, right? Did not happen. 2017, he came back, he's like, okay, this year we're going to do it. Didn't happen. 2018, they started selling the feature of full self-driving to people for $8,000 when you bought a new Tesla. So $8,000 in the pocket of Tesla, promising full self-driving. There was no full, no full self-driving in 2018. There was no full self-driving in 2019. There was no full self-driving in 2020. There was no full self-driving in 2021. It never came out. And then now they're selling it for $12,000. If you buy a new Tesla, it's still you can still spec for it. So how many people spec for it? I don't know, but a lot of people have this on their car. And it's even started, they started selling it as a subscription, right? They recently, I think four or five months ago, they started releasing it as a beta. So it's not a full commercial product, but you can opt into the beta and you can use it, right? And people's reaction to using this is extremely similar to Theo's reaction when he first started using Jarvis, right? People are first amazed by it. Like it can handle lights, it can handle stop signs, it can change lanes and, and drive in the city kind of okay. But um, there's a video that from a YouTube channel called Snazzy Lab that I watched recently where he basically takes his Tesla self-drive, he's in the beta program for 30 minutes. And within 30 minutes, the Tesla makes about four to five mistakes that would probably destroy the car or even cause the life of some people, even though 95% of the time he's doing the right thing. It seems that from the reviews I've watched, 
nobody would ever close their eyes and let their Tesla full drive at this point. And it still feels like these little issues will take a really long time to fix. And I feel like it's very similar to what AI writing is, right? Probably 80, 90% of the words an AI writer puts when it's writing an article for you, even with minimal output, they're pretty good. But like, it's still missing like the stuff that really adds value and that makes you connect to the content, etc. that humans can do. And that it's very difficult to do for a machine as similar to the driving as well. Like 90% of driving is pretty mechanical rules, etc. And 10% is intuitive kind of like fixing stuff. And you know what I mean? Like it's hard it's to a, emulate it's not as a machine. It's a bad you know? comparison as as Thank far you. as Gale, as, <laughs> as far as Gale comparisons go, it's you know in the top fifty percent. I would say the issue here is it's it's quite similar. Like if you fuck up while you're driving, you could die. Right? It's very serious. Yeah, yeah. So you need to have almost a hundred, close to a hundred percent safety as or whatever rating as po- as possible with content that you want to rank on Google. There are only ten spots on page one. And so everyone who's creating really good content to appear there, you can create something which is fine, which is decent, which is okay. But if everyone else is doing a slightly or a lot better job than you, you're not going to be there. So it's like a zero-sum game. So if you're if it's not going to be great, if it's not going to get you to page one, there's no point in it. It doesn't actually gain you anything. I think it makes sense for like extremely uncompetitive queries, right? Stuff that's like nobody else is writing about. I think if you write really, 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 really long tail stuff and there's no content about it, yeah, you will take the positions. And I would expect a lot of like AI case studies use that as a way to show that AI content can rank. I believe it can rank. But I think you're right. It's like there's only 10 spots on page one. It's not hard to do better content than AI. Would you agree with that, Theo? Yeah. Okay. Another thing that I've done actually is I went to the Auto Hacker Pro Group. I made a survey. There's like 30, 40 replies right now. I I made it a few years, like two hours ago or something. So uh, as we were preparing the podcast. And I was basically asking for you, AI content is one, far from ready. It will take many years. Two, probably good enough for sites in a few months. Three, ready for production size today. Four, basically content spinning for 2022. And five, do you guys still have human writers? And the overwhelming majority of people that I know, a lot of people I know that voted for this have tried these tools, voted far from ready, it will take many years basically. So I think it's one of these things where the first 80% are really easy to get and the last 20 will take a really long time to get. We will get there eventually, uh, I don't think so. My question is what will the place of written content be on the internet by the time it's ready? As things are evolving more towards like videos and uh, interactive content and that kind of stuff. So like, yeah, that's pretty much like the promise of AI and kind of like what the industry is promising us. Now, I think what's going to be interesting is talking about what happened with us, because we did we did do that podcast a few months ago where we mentioned that we hired some people that were specifically hired to work with AI tools and try to create AI content. Actually, I think, Mark, you're better at telling these kind of stories, so just take it over. Yeah, so Gail got very excited about AI content. <laughs> okay, <here laughs> I was go. like, Mark, right, I'll take it to, back. Okay. we need to hire some, uh, some, some AI writers. So we, we're hiring people who were writers, you know, in some cases, like professional journalists and, and whatnot. And we tried to teach them to use uh, Jarvis, Jasper, whatever it was called back then. And it was difficult, I would say. It was difficult from our, our own point of view. Like it really forces you to to understand like what makes up content and like what are the different elements that go to it. Because when you're creating content in AI, it's not like you're just creating a whole article. It's like you're creating a bunch of sections 
And that's, that's kind of like the way to approach it. But it, honestly, it was really difficult, like really, really hard to use AI to produce something which was equal or greater than the quality that professional human writers were, were outputting in competitors' sites. And it kind of fell flat in its face, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, for some easy long-tail queries, they did use it quite a bit. And it's like, it was okay. Like the output wasn't too bad. But as soon as we were getting to something a bit more complex, like it worked when we repeat the same format all the time, right? It's like we had like format of an article with similar keywords targeting different stuff, like, you know, like uh, best chicken recipes, best uh, beef recipes, etc. These are not the keywords, but it gives you an idea, you know, like, and they would all be the same. They got some output out of it, but the, the productivity gain was nowhere near what you would expect. Like people expect when they bring AI into their content workflow, that it's going to like 5x their content output, right? Productivity gain using this was, I would say, about 30%. So they would output maybe 30% more content. But then the, the quality would probably dip like 15, 20% as well, you know, like. And so the chances of that content doing well would, would dip almost equally to the to like the extra to the extra production that we would get from manu from like fast writers, you know. And that ended up just being cumbersome as a workflow, much more than it was for a traditional workflow. And writers quite often ended up just writing the articles eventually and just like not really using it because I will say though there's a whenever there's a new tool like that it's there's this hump that you've got to get over in terms of like learning to really use it properly so initially that was the problem too, it's going to yeah. take them longer to actually use it than it would to not use it right so it's like well why am I even bothering because I could just write something better and faster myself it's only after like a long period of time of using it like six months or more that you can get up to the speed where you're you're going to be efficient with it and produce something which is which yeah. is worthwhile i agree and i think especially since this is a very different process like if you were to write something it's just you and the keyboard i guess and the document but when you're writing something with jasper or copy AI or writer or any one of those it's more like having a person there next to you, like another copywriter that you have to work with. So you need to learn, not only, you don't just have to research the article you're writing and think about its structure, you also have to think about how to communicate that with yeah. the tool. And that I think that's the most difficult part in learning how to use these tools. Yeah, and it can be quite complex. You can give quite complex comments to it. It's like the way I've seen 95% of people use it, and I, I estimate some of our writers were doing that too, they were kind of like dumping it down and not really using all the features and we ended up with worse content as well. So if you give more precise input to it, I mean, uh, like, uh, I mean, Theo knows, like I have some templates. You actually put some of these templates in the Jarvis review, so maybe we can quote them and put some bureau here showing some like templates that we built that gives us exact outputs to what we want. But it does take some work as well. Like you need to build your templates for the AI and usually it's kind of like, it's kind of like the problem with automation. I think there was a graphic I saw a long time ago where like, if you just do all the work yourself, you just grow linearly. But when you try to automate stuff, it's like very slow at the beginning, then it kind of like spikes yeah. as you figure yeah. out the automation. I think AI content production is a bit like that. And, and the hurdle is, is pretty significant if you want to build a, a full content process on this. Like you'll need to build lots and lots of templates, not for articles, for pieces of articles. You need to build a template yeah, for exactly. the intros of your render previews. You need to build a template for the outro 
close of your round. And depending on the topic, you might need to build a different intro uh, type for like, you know, best recipes and maybe best something else, like something that talks about something completely different. So you will end up with hundreds of templates that you need to juggle with to be able to put articles together. And it's kind of like building a factory first before you can actually have a com like industrial output. And it takes a significant amount of work at the beginning. And it takes it takes a complete different skill set to, as you said, write on the document, you know, like these writers, they know how to write, but they're usually not very good with tech, let's be honest. Like, And that's going to be a problem if that's the future, actually, because content creation will be more about interacting, like it would be like coding, you know, it would be like coding without code, except you code with language. Like you, you give instructions, like write an introduction that mentions this and this and does this. And, and it's like, it's essentially the same logic that you would have when you would write code but with words, you know, and uh, and it's going to take a very different kind of people to create content. And and, it, and even the recruiting is something that will have to be thought about if AI becomes something that's more mainstream, basically. But what would you say think, our uh, main just, learnings just to, add, just to add to that, I think there's a, one of the challenges that oh, this technology is very, very new, right? And I think we had over 100 applicants apply for, for these positions. And I think one had experience of, of using it. Now you fast forward two or three years when these tools are, you know, three, four years old, and that might be a different story. I'm not going to say that everyone's been using it well by that point, but having some experience of that would probably help, you know, get over that hurdle faster. Yeah, I, I think one thing that this is going to do, though, is it's going to affect the freelance market a lot. So the idea of like people listening to it be like, okay, fine, no AI, I'm going to hire freelance writers. Except your freelance writer might think that AI is a good idea. And uh, the freelance market, I think, is going to start filling up with AI, con uh, like fluffy well, it, AI it content. It already is. We're, we're there already. Right. So if you order content on, you know, text broker or, you know, just any like Upwork person or any, any cheap writer, there's a good chance that they are producing content with Jarvis, Jasper, whatever it's called now. And, so, and there are videos <laughs> on YouTube. Time. There are video on YouTube, videos on YouTube, yeah, like how to make teaching money people how to make money producing AI content and then selling it as real content on on uh, content marketplaces. Yeah, and uh, don't you think it's going to be a problem? Like, what do you think is going to well, happen to it, the marketplace? It already is a problem, but uh, I don't think it's any different to pre-AI content where you had people producing not so good content and then the buyers, it's really, the issue lies with the buyers not knowing whether it's good or not, or not even being too lazy to check and push back on things, which happened before and is going to happen after. So does it really make that much of a difference? Yeah, I agree with Mark. So when you get content from Jasper uh, or any other AI writing assistant, like you can't just deliver it to a client like that unless you're charging, I don't know, like two or three cents a, a word. Like you need to edit it, you know? So I don't think there's a huge difference between just outsourcing it to someone that takes uh, very little, like, like that charges you very little and then editing it and giving it to a client. I think it's pretty much the same thing. Actually, you were a freelance writer before. Did you do that? Did you outsource? Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I, I never opened an AI writing tool before. Oh, you mean the outsourcing? Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah, outsource no. to someone cheaper and then just edit it, etc.? No. <laughs> Are no. you doing that I mean, now? Just tell me like, the truth. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Like, if, if I did do that, I wouldn't tell you now. So, yeah, but, <laughs> but well, no, unfortunately, I, I read your content. It's, a, it's kind of a problem. And there's like a million Google Doc comments. Yeah, but one thing that is going to change with that. I mean, I'm going to start with that. The one thing that might change is, you know that these AI tools are based on GPT-3. GPT-3 is like some open AI project 
Uh, it's an open, it's basically an open API. It's called GPT-3, but before that, there was GPT-2, right? It was the previous version of this. And recently, there has been a GPT-2 detector that came out uh, where you can paste text and it's going to, it's not 100%, but it's going to give you an idea of whether that content was generated with AI or not, right? And so it's not crazy to believe that the current version of uh, GPT will have its own detector a few years down the line. It takes some time to build these things. Like it probably takes like a huge, huge uh, sample base uh, for the machine learning, but it's possible. So if you combine that with Google's recent comments on AI content, where they said that essentially AI content is automatically generated content for them, and that it's treated as spam content, regardless of whether it's good or not, uh, they believe it's spam. Do you think it's possible that at some point we get a layer of algorithm in Google that just finds all this Jarvis content and starts slamming the shit out of it, regardless of whether it's good or not, and then all this freelance content you've bought now destroys you in two years? Yes. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming. See you next week. I think it's quite clear that if it hasn't already happened, that that will happen at some point. But then... Jarvis or whatever they're called next year are is going to be <laughs> be even better and you know GPT four comes out GPT-5. yeah GPT four will be out etc but like you what, always, don't you think you your always, old content would be slammed but like you could say the, the same about the site. Hu- you could say the same about human written written content you know like it gets out of date it gets a bit shit when you know just the general level gets better so yeah it's a it's a problem but let's be honest. If you're creating a whole site of content on AI, you're probably not playing the long game with content anyway. It's a there's a churn and burn effect there, a, right? A rank and tank. People like that rank in the last tank. podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my new coin term, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I agree. But I think it's a it's a bit different because a shitty human writer does not fit a zero to one criteria. Like whether a content has been created by AI is a, is a yes or no question, right? And then if there is an algorithm layer that just slams everything that is a yes, it's going to be different from having a bunch of shitty writers that all write in a different way that will be more moderately affected by layers of algorithms yeah. being added. You're, you're content, right then. You, know? you, can, you can identify at scale globally across yeah. the entire internet and just switch it off. Exactly. Now the issue is like to, to turn that around, Let's say there is a Pulitzer Prize winning writer who's create creates the best piece of content and also uses Jarvis Jasper. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if they want to send us some goodies, some Jasper. like Mark can have like a Jasper Jesus. hat in the next podcast oh, or something. God. Who uses Jasper to help get unstuck or to help write a couple bits of it, but edits it heavily. Is that gonna get flagged? Yeah. And if that gets flagged, does that deserve to be taken out if they've really made it good? I would argue yeah. no. I agree. I um, think, uh, so I think I would, it's going to work like duplicate I would, content. I would argue that rather than specifying, hey, this is AI content, therefore it can't rank, just apply the general whatever mechanisms they're using for is this good, is this bad, or how good is this, how bad is this, and just treat it as you would with any other content. In any like remotely competitive term, SEO query, you're not going to have you're not gonna rank with AI, AI content, content yeah. ranking. Yeah. Now, it is true that in much less competitive spaces, just by you know using AI and being able to output hundreds of thousands of articles, you're going to hit all these long, super long tail keywords that no one else has written about. So if you're the only player in that game, then are you going to rank with AI content? And if you do, is that a problem? Well, maybe because the you know, a general article not about that specific topic written by an expert might actually be better, but 
then again, it's like relevancy versus authority and, and all that. So who knows? Yeah. Any take on that, Theo? Yeah, I'm hoping that Google, sort of like something similar to what Mark said, Google will just look at AI writing and think, what is the problem with this? Because the content can get really repetitive and AI writing tools are not good at doing research. So the facts you're getting in articles written by them are not really good or maybe they're, they're just like general information there. So I think that the best course of action or like the ideal course of actions for AI writing tools is this. Google looks at their output and says, okay, we don't want repetitive content. We don't want poorly researched articles. So they just slam that. And in this way, they're affecting bad content written by AI writing tools and bad content written in general. But of course, we're a predisposition to hurting AI generated content. Also, if uh, GPT-4, which we don't know when it should come around, but if it's like a big upgrade and it actually makes content, not just in a pre-alpha, sort of first draft way, but actually produces high quality content, I think that can speed up a, a more lenient approach from Google. Yeah, let's see. I, I mean, you know how Google works, right? It's like, do what I say, not what I do. So Google's going to like ban AI content and make AI content as featured snippets with their own stuff. You know, like that's what's going to happen eventually. We all know that. And they will just reduce the traffic to websites when they do that. But uh, let's see. It's interesting though. It's interesting because it's really a switch. And if you can detect it, it's a little bit different than just punishing bad content because bad content has many forms. But if uh, you can detect what has been generated automatically, that can be a problem. But I can see this work very much like duplicate content, where it's like, if you have like a couple of sentences of duplicate content in a big page of unique content, it's not going to be affected. You're going to rank anyway. But if most of your page is duplicate content, you're not going to rank and you will just get no traffic. So I could imagine this to work the same way where they apply a percentage threshold, you know, like they're like, oh, if more than 30% of the page is AI content, then we don't really want to rank that. But if less than 30% is detected, then it's probably fine, you know? And then they, it gives them that idea that it's been edited and it's been worked on and it's there's an editorial layer to this, not just, it's not just paid out of a machine, which I think is what they're trying to avoid, basically. Actually talking about that, do you want to give us that, tell us what happened to this uh, AI site, this uh, AI yeah, so generated site, Mark? There's a website, boardgametips.com, last year that caught a lot of attention and it went from, in May, it had 3,000 visitors a month. In November, it had 3.4 million visitors per month. People were and like, holy in, shit, yeah. And then in January this year, it has, it's back down to 12,000. So that that's a that's a rank and tank <laughs> model <laughs> right there. Now, quite a few people said that this was AI content in the beginning, though some other people have since said it's not. So I'm not 100% sure whether it is or whether it's not. Looking at the site now, it appears to be just a guest post farm. There's a ton of casino links going up there. They might have some recycled of the it, you know? Recent, yeah, some of the more recent articles look like they are just straight out copied. Like I found one, which was just a forum post from my board games guide, myboardgamesguides.com. And yeah, it's just the articles just lifted straight. So I'm not entirely sure what was happening here, but they had, I think it was like 209,000 articles uploaded within one month. And then the site just took off mainly because I think mainly because they were just hitting so many lots like super long tail keywords that they were getting maybe five or 10 visits a month from each of those, but that, you know, times 209,000 or whatever that adds up quite quickly. So that's, you know, an example of these, these kinds of projects. And if it is AI, if it's not, it doesn't matter. It's still the, the same kind of model of, of what you can do with, 
with this type this type of content. And I'm sure this is these are just the ones we know about, right? I'm sure there are far more successful sites out there using this that we just haven't heard of yet because they're being a little smarter about it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, um, yeah, and I'm sure, yeah, you can find examples of successful sites. It's just this one was looked at by a lot of people and mentioned a lot of Facebook groups and stuff. So I thought it would be interesting to look at. And it's like, it's a huge tank. I mean, going from 3.4 million to 12K, it's like a, it's a, it's a huge dump of traffic. And I'm wondering if that's not one of these like switches or something, but it's hard to tell. It's probably the site has been flagged as pure spam or something like this. Like, it's like a spam penalty. It might be manual as well, actually. At the same time, you know, they, they had that amount of traffic for two and a half months. So they probably made north of $300,000 off of that project. Yeah, yeah. rank and tank. Uh, in, you can make money with that. You know? Yeah, you can, it can work. I mean, the, uh, the question is how much did they spend? Because outputting this many pages is also not free. Even if you use cheap writers, cheap like AI tools, et cetera, like you need someone to operate these tools. You need to all of that. Like, well, you I mean, if you're, if you're going to do it at that scale, there's no way you can edit them or anything. You have to just yeah, of course. create, you just create some kind of, yeah, you know, like get the thing, get the AI to write the whole article. It goes somewhere, you know, you're just feeding you it right into side, posting it. You got to automate the whole thing, basically. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's kind of, that's the dream that AI content tools sell, right? Sell, like, yeah, exactly. That's the problem. We're, we're, it's like, that's what you're sold. You're going to do this. They don't explicitly say that you can build a rank and tank site like that, but that, that's certainly the dream they sell. But the reality of after using it for, you know, six plus months is that, yeah, there's some uses to it, but it's just, it's not as easy and it's not a, an I win button that perhaps you you thought it was when you started. Yeah, I agree. It goes beyond marketing as well. Like Jasper has the Surfer SEO integration and Writer has an integration with SEMrush to help you find keywords to rank. Like these tools are trying to tell you, hey, you can really rank with us with their marketing and their functionalities, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the, the deception a little bit here. It's like, I mean, you can rank. Like someone's going to come out and give us a link and be like, oh, look, this article is written by AI. It's like, yes, it's possible. But like, you're not going to rank for like best VPN with an AI article. Like that's not happening. No, prove me wrong, you know. But uh, it's like for competitive terms, it's still like, it's, it's the same as this self-driving thing. It's like, you know, it does it 90%, right 90% of the time, but these few mistakes, it's easy to outdo an AI writer at this point. And when there's only 10 spots on the top of the subs, well, you're not gonna get it if you don't put the effort, basically. So I think that's the problem, but I think there's still times when using these tools is quite handy. I quite like using Jasper. And for example, uh, sometimes when I was, I'm not really writing any newsletters these days, but like when I was more regular on this, I was writing some newsletters on Jasper, but I was still writing like 80% of it. And I would just like kind of use the compose button to expand some stuff, for example, and edit what was output, etc. But if you're willing to just only keep like 20% of what it gives you or something, it's not a bad place to create content as long as you don't take it as like a writer for you, but just like a useful tool to help you in writing. I don't know. Have you used it for your own writing, Theo, at all since you uh, started? Uh, I have a no because of the comments on by Google that, hey, ah, yeah. we, okay. we might have problems. Uh, <laughs> but I did look at other areas where it could be useful. And I do think that for shorter form content, it can actually help you pump out something faster. And I think the output can also be really decent, like mm -hmm. in market, in like uh, short marketing messages based on structures or in calls to actions, things like that. I think the, the output can sometimes actually be really good. And there are applications. Like I was thinking one of the first gigs I ever had 
was for this marketing agency in the US. I don't remember what they're called, but they had a big contract with Postmates. And I basically had to write uh, Postmates entries for restaurants from all over the US. And there are like thousands of them. And all of them had a clear structure of what they needed to have. Some information about the menu, whether it's like vegan or things like that, and where it's at, uh, so you know how close it is to you. Those sort of things are, you can easily structure them to uh, get a tool like Jasper to write them for you. So I think there is a lot of applicability, just maybe where you also need a lot of SEO or you're counting on SEO, maybe not that helpful. I was quite impressed with the uh, social media post formatting functions in in Jasper. I'm not very good at like, you know, writing for social, but it takes, you know, I, I write it in my like old man language and then just press the button and it, it like snazzies it up quite a lot and it's it's useful then and you're not you know you're not competing in an seo it doesn't doesn't really matter so you don't How have to, to worry be cool about when you're a boomer you know <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, i mean I, I can see that i think it's uh i think it's it can help and i um have used it for facebook ads quite a bit actually like usually i'll take like an ad that's performing well and like to generate variations of that for example like to test against each other. You know, on Facebook, you're going to give like five variations of headlines of stuff. It's perfect for that. Like, it's quite good, especially if you've done the first one yourself. So you've done exactly what you wanted. Then you feed that and you're like, oh, give me more variations. It does a pretty good job at not making it exactly the same, but in terms of format, etc., it's quite handy. Let's say you need to run a test, but you don't have time to really put the effort into putting the test together. That can do it for you quite well. Like same for like opt-in pop-up headlines, for example. I can see, like, uh, I know you're, you want to run uh, more tests on the pop-ups, Mark. I would use that. I would use Jasper to generate uh, headlines quickly and like launch a test in like ten minutes when you have time. You know, yeah. Uh, e so email subject lines are another really good example of of, of use as well because it's very short and seventy percent of the time it'll give you some good variations. Thirty percent of the time they're just all crap. In which case, you know, you know, it, it hasn't worked. But it's it's worth trying in those situations. Yeah, I think it's more of a marketing tool than an SEO tool, basically. Like it's for all the other marketing stuff that you're doing, communication to a community and like like all the short stuff. And that I would be very happy for anyone in the team to use it for that. And I think it does a good job. Another thing, do you want to talk about guest post content as well? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, when you're doing paid guest posts, right, you're paying to guest post on another site. As long as it's not like super high quality site, you can instead of paying a writer to create that content, you just pay, you can just use Jasper and make it in five minutes. We've done this a bunch of times on some of our other sites and we've never had a single single one rejected from that because you're paying and it, it looks all right. So so why would they why would they question it? Now, long term, is that the best approach? Is the link gonna be as good? You know, you might you might question that. But it's it's working Today now it and it's a viable yeah. viable option. Yeah, so we also use it for that. So as you say, like we don't hate AI tools. I just think that the promise that's made on the sales page versus the reality is quite different and that uh, it's preying on newbies, you know, newbies that don't have the budget to pay for writers, for example. They are the perfect candidates to like I'm, start I'm buying so these. I'm not so sure I would go as far as saying they're preying on newbies. I think there's yeah, like they're deliberately doing that. I think it's just we sort of like... Lying by omission, you know? Not, not fell for it, but like I think everyone who tries, everyone who tries it for the first time, they expect it's going to be some shitty spinner. They try it and think, oh, actually, this is pretty good. It's, yeah, it's like, better. Oh definitely. wow, this is going to change the world. And then actually, it's like, okay, well, it has some 
good uses that are valuable, but it's not going to do everything for every type of content for me automatically. Yeah, I agree. It's not it's it's not fully ready yet. But like I I just like I'm just I see the veterans. I see the H Pro poll, right? I see people like they're like, yeah, no, I'm I'm not. I, it's not ready yet, and they they get it, you know. They don't need that podcast to know that. But I see also beginners who are like, well, I could on one side I could spend a thousand dollars to on a freelance writer, or I could spend ninety nine dollars on Jasper, and then they will think it's a comparable output and uh, based on what's being told to them and their lack of experience, you know. And I think that's uh, a bit of a problem in this industry. So that's uh, that's something that I wanted to highlight in this podcast, uh, while still highlighting all the positive things that you can do with it in terms of all the other marketing work. And even as a writing assistant, if you're smart and if you're very critical and willing to edit, basically you're a senior editor when you work with Jasper, and he's a terrible writer that you have to correct all the time. That's pretty much it. Okay, so I think we can slowly close this out. So I want you guys to give me your clothing thoughts and answer the same question that I gave in the age pro group which is is a is a ai writing for let's say for seo in that case far from ready it will take many years probably good enough in a few months ready for production sites basically content spinning which one would you pick let's go mark i wouldn't say it's many many years away i, I think maybe one or two years we'll we'll see higher quality versions of what the current tech can do that are closer to being indistinguishable for sort of you know medium com- competition keywords I still think we're a long, long way away from it being better than good human writers, though. But do you think the bad human writers are going to be out of a job in a few years? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just concerned about that guy who's applying with a, under a fake name every time we post a job uh, ad yeah. on ProBlogger. You know? I mean, potentially, <laughs> but I think there's also a large number of less aware customers for, for them that will keep buying their they're garbage because they're not not kind of aware of what else is out there. I mean that that's the yeah, only okay. reason I can think of how these people sustain themselves. But fair enough, deal. Yeah, I think it depends on when GPT four comes out because as 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 it is now, I think it's a, f- a few years maybe or like never really to replace writers or, or really be useful in SEO. But if uh, if GPT four comes out in a few months, which would be in the timeline. If we look at previous releases from Open API, uh, OpenAI, then it could really be a game changer in the near to medium future. But yeah, as it is now, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I kind of I go with Mark on this. I think two years it will have more applications. It will still still not replace writers fully, but it might be good enough so that it it does what. Jarvis sells you, oh, Jasper, Mark, <laughs> uh, Jasper sells you on the sales page. Like what they promise on the sales page today of like, you can create long content with it and it's great, et cetera, and you can rank. We might be like two two years, two to three years away, I would say, from that promise. So it's kind of like Tesla self-driving, you know? <laughs> it's like they sell it they sell it in 2016 and 2022 is still not ready. And people basically just gave money to Elon Musk uh, for that whole time, you know? So... That's basically it. Any final words of wisdom, guys, yes. before we close it? I have some words of wisdom for the uh, for Jasper.ai um, <laughs> team. Go and watch our podcast from two weeks ago where we talk about looking up trademarks before buying a domain <laughs> name. Uh, I think See, it's not just for newbies. Have, have, have less issues uh, with, with, with this stuff. Theo, any final words? No, I agree with Mark. I knew there would be trouble when I first saw their name. I agree. When they came out with the tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still, I would say, would you say it's still the best AI tool though? Like from yeah. all those you tested? Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, it is from what I've seen so far. Uh, Copy Eye comes close. So does Writer, but Writer is buggy. Like it has a lot of uh, technical issues and moments where the output, like you ask for three variations of uh-huh. the output you need, and it just repeats the same thing for three times. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it, it happens often. Like uh, you'll see in the review. Yeah. Okay. So Theo's reviews are coming out soon. He already made a bunch of reviews for uh, PHP tools and caching plugins and stuff like that. So we'll probably share them. Like when we share, go on our Facebook page. Uh, on the this uh, on the description on YouTube, and we'll put uh, Theo's post in there if you guys want to check it out. Thank you guys for joining, and we will see you in two weeks for another podcast episode. See you later.